This episode has been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. You are invited to attend their open house on November 10th to discover what makes Heschel special. Visit torontoheschel.org for more details. That's Toronto, H-E-S-C-H-E-L dot org. You can help. How? Why? Because you're the last generation that will ever be sitting in this type of assembly. Your children never will. So share your experiences with others. Whatever, whatever you have learned or heard, whatever That's you like. That's the sound of Eva Olson, a popular Canadian Holocaust survivor and educator, and she was speaking in this case to students in Edmonton a couple of years ago as they attended an Anne Frank exhibit that was put on by their local school board. Olson reckons she's probably spoken to nearly 2 million students so far since she began telling her story 25 years ago. She's since written a best-selling memoir about surviving Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen as a teenager from Hungary. There's a documentary about her, and she's received an honorary doctorate. And although COVID has curtailed her in-person engagements, she's still very much in demand over Zoom from schools and human rights organizations and the media to spread her message about how to combat hate and bullying, which she believes led to the Holocaust that killed her family. But this week, Eva Olson has to fit a special event into her busy calendar. Thursday, October 28th, is her 97th birthday. And on that day, she's being honoured in an online event arranged by her neighbours in Bracebridge, Ontario, together with Yad Vashem's Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem. Eva Olson has already prepared a short thank-you speech about how she views this milestone birthday and who she'll be thinking of. She'll be thinking of her mother, who, despite living in grinding poverty and a bunch of kids already, chose not to have an abortion, despite pressure to do so. She stayed in bed eight months. So you can see my face. The courage she passed down to me. Unconditional love for a human life. And she never gave up hope. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Eva Olson was born to an impoverished Hungarian Hasidic family in 1924. And in the spring of 1944, Eva's family and her town's entire Jewish population was deported to Auschwitz. Her parents were killed, so were all of her brothers and sisters, except for one, her sister Fredel. The two girls worked as slave laborers until the Allies bombed the workshop. Eventually, Eva ended up in Bergen-Belsen. She was liberated in April 1945. Subsequently, she moved to Sweden, where she met and married a local Swedish man, and the family moved to Canada, ending up in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Then tragedy struck. Eva's husband was killed in an accident, leaving her a young widow with a 10-year-old son. She stayed silent about the Holocaust for 50 years, until a grandchild asked her to speak at school in Bracebridge, and she hasn't looked back. And these days, Eva has plenty to talk about. Rising anti-Semitism, Holocaust denial, the case of the North Bay, Ontario school where students marched around the schoolyard making Heil Hitler signs, or even the Texas teacher who recently told her students to find opposing books to read when they were studying the Holocaust. Coming up, Eva Olson will be here with her advice on how to combat hate 
But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Marilyn Sinclair in Markham, Ontario, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. You may have heard that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau named his cabinet on Tuesday, and we'd like to cover the Jews in politics. So Jim Carr of Winnipeg was dropped from cabinet. Carr had had health issues and was recovering from cancer. The sole Jewish person in the new cabinet is Karina Gould of Burlington. She's the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors on her father's side. She ran the International Development Portfolio last time, which included overseeing funding for UNRWA. Trudeau has switched her to Minister of Families, Children and Social Development. Meanwhile, two conservative Jewish MPs are happy that Jenica Atwin wasn't appointed to cabinet. Melissa Lansman of Thornhill and Marty Morantz of Winnipeg released a letter Monday urging Trudeau not to put Atwin in because she once tweeted that Israel was an apartheid state. Atwin at the time was a Green Party MP from New Brunswick, but after her anti-Israel social media stance, she crossed the floor in July and joined the Liberals. <laughs> Eva Olsen's friends normally take her out to a Japanese restaurant for sushi on her birthday, and she'll probably do that again this year. In between walking and exercising on a trampoline that she keeps in her condo to stay fit. Eva joins the CJN Daily Now from Bracebridge. We're we're, uh, speaking to you as a very important week for you, uh, which is another milestone birthday. how uh, are you planning to celebrate? What are they doing for you? My celebration is to give to my mom. I'm going to tell you why. My parents got married six months before the first war ended in Hungary, Satmar, Hungary. And they were poor. They lived in a room with no electricity, no plumbing. Now, my mom was unwell. She already has three children. The doctor ordered her to have an abortion. My mom refused to have an abortion. She stayed in bed eight months. So you can see my face. So what's happening on Thursday is for my mom. The courage... She passed down to me unconditional love for a human life, and she never gave up hope. Has she given up? Living in a room, has a four-year-old child, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a seven-month-old. And you know what? She had six children. This is the only one that's alive out of the six children to carry her legacy. In 1995, Eva, you said you would keep speaking for the next five years if, God willing, your health allowed it. So how is that pledge going? Well, I'm still speaking. I can't travel because of the virus. Otherwise, I wouldn't be home. I do it online. And I've done 44 online since the spring. You must have been aware of the school incident that happened in North Bay with the uh, Hitler salutes in the schoolyard. It saddens me. But my question here is this. Where do they learn it? A child isn't born with it. There's no difference than an 18-year-old in Oshawa. 
east of Toronto, stood up and he said, you suffered because you killed Christ. I stood up, had a beautiful black suit and white shirt. I said, well, I look pretty good to be 2,000 years old. And the kids applauded. So I said, you live in mythical beliefs that have been passed down for generations. Your responsibility is this. Find out who killed Christ, and then you will be free. The only time you can love when you're free. Have you heard about the one that happened in Texas last week, on October 8th, where the teacher uh, told the class that they needed to find books to show the opposite view of the Holocaust. What, where does this come from? And what, how, do you, how do you handle something like this? It's not, the, not to give it any media exposure. Because that's what they want. You prefer not to give any publicity to uh, what, Holocaust. What fire. they do, another high school. I saw somebody calling the principal out while I was speaking. Also west of Toronto. Five students in the hallway were debating how they're going to come up to the stage and salute me with Heil Hitler. Those students were dismissed from that high school. They never, ever entered that school again, never. But the principal acted. So you're saying that it should be all dealt with in-house quietly, should not publicize these events, because why? Because it just creates more for those. Oh, I can do the same thing. But are they doing it for deep-seated racism and Holocaust denial, or are they doing it for social media publicity? What do you think? That's a good question. When I ask my audience when I was there in person, how do you feel when somebody tells you I hate you? What does it feel like? Some kids have a big smile on their face. I know what it feels like because I was hated. Hate is not an, something that we can resolve issues with or being a bystander. Bystanders are those that give their power the bully. You know, a lot of people would disagree with you, by the way, this sort of shot still type of attitude. Just don't talk about it. Keep it quiet. Deal with it quietly. Not everybody agrees with that approach, you know. But you have to deal with it in right then and there. It's been an honor to meet you and I hope to meet you again. I'll see you Thursday after your Thank sushi. You. <laughs> <laughs> what do you usually order? It's the same every year. So I want to know what you eat. Well, I ordered an Alaska roll and a California. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, Integrity, Community, Quality, and Customer Care. And the episode's also been brought to you in part by the Toronto Heschel School. Attend their open house on November 10th, and you can go to torontoheschel.org for more details. Today's listener shout-out goes to Major Tyler Wenzel. He's an infantry officer with the Canadian Forces. He's currently stationed in Toronto. He's also an historian and a lawyer, and his new book is out about the Canadian communists who fought in the Spanish Civil War. 
And we'll end this episode with a sneak peek of an important anniversary coming up. And we've got an episode for you coming up about it very soon. The design of Israel's flag was selected. As Treasure Trove's David Matlow will explain, you should see some of the proposals that they were considering. There were 164 different alternatives, but the rules of the competition were that the flag has to have two blue stripes and either one or seven stars in gold or some other color. So you can imagine the various combinations with the stripes to the left, to the right, upside down, triangles, the star in the top and the bottom. (laughs) 